This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Because we live in a midst of times where, where there's just a lot of hard stuff going on. And, and it's just, it's, it's a lot of things. And, and, you know, even this afternoon, you know, right after this, um, you know, I'm going out working a, working a funeral this afternoon, you know, for a young man who passed before his time. And we need to, you know, how do we live gratefully in that? Like, like I think it, it, it's so important to really think about, about how a life of gratitude can work. Not in a Pollyannish way, but, but how does it work in the realities, like literally in the realities of our lives? How does it work in the realities? Because I think that's where we'll find a new kind of freedom. And it's not freedom from all the challenges of life. I mean, I wish it was. I wish that's what church offers. I mean, some churches do. We don't here. But it's, it's a freedom of spirit. It's a freedom of our souls. It's a freedom of who God intended us to be from all time. From all time. Looking at that, and, and I want to talk about the idea here today of gifts versus rewards. Gifts versus rewards. How do those things function? Like how does it how does it all work? And it's interesting, right? When we when we look at gifts, I was I was listening to a great podcast uh, you know yesterday. It's just as I often do, you know, listening to podcasts into what other preachers are talking about. This one pastor was talking about Teresa of Avila who who was a saint, wrote in the 1500s, and she wrote about seven mansions, kind of that our, that our spiritual life goes through seven phases, which from a Christian New Church perspective, anything with seven is pretty important. And, and that idea of, of seven mansions, seven houses that we inhabit, and we, we, we get to this last house, this last time, and this last piece where we finally arrive, quote-unquote, think seven days of creation there, and we just we just breathe and, and we finally like, oh, we, we get it. And we're finally free and we finally just can put it put it together in a new way. And and this this pastor said, and you know what the last question she asked in her book was? And I'm of course waiting for this big theological question, you know, this big piece, this huge, like insightful thing that I could share with everyone and it would change the world. And she said, you know, we get to that point, friends. We breathe. That's my addition of breath there. We breathe. And we learn to just ask one question. How can I help? How can I help? That to me seems to be such an important part to start as we look look at gifts versus rewards. And, And living gratefully is going to be about having a gift orientation, not a reward orientation. Now, the idea of a reward orientation, you know, the, the trophy orientation, is, is it's common. And it's, and it's, it's not all bad. I feel like it does, it does kind of get us to a certain point. There's nothing wrong with trophies or anything like that. But it's, but it's a transactional view of love and a transactional view of how God works. And it's easy, again, to, to look at the Bible and depict passages which, which will say that, which will, which will appeal that way. And, and I think probably that's because sometimes people need a transactional view of love. Like sometimes, People literally need the fear of God put into them because their lives are so out of order 
that, that, that they need that. I, I know as a teacher, you know, there were, sometimes you had to give consequences, but that can't be the biggest point. The biggest point has to be something else. And sometimes that transactional love, the idea of rewards and punishments, can be a starting point. Take a look at one example of that from Matthew 6. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Now, I love that idea. Like, they're giving it. They're not giving to serve other people. They're giving it to be honored by other people. You know, that idea you go on a service trip and your primary concern is not serving people, but how quickly do you get a picture of yourself there, a selfie? You know you're doing this. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And I think that's Jesus being a little funny, by the way. And when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, I, I, love, I love that line, you, you know, the, the in full. And that idea that we can do things for acclaim, honor, reputation, gain, as we would phrase it in this denomination. We do things for honor, reputation, and gain. And, and here's, the, here's the part, like Jesus is saying, yeah, and if you do things for that reward, you may well get that reward. You may well get more honor, reputation, and gain. You may well get those things. These, these, he's using, you know, he's sort of spoofing clergy here who are going out there in the streets to be seen as, as these incredibly giving people, but who aren't really giving in their hearts. They're just giving to be seen and giving for a claim. And he said, yeah, they're, they're going to get their reward in full, which is a claim. I don't think Jesus is saying, he's not talking about as a, as a, some sort of comeuppance here. We can actually build you know, on this idea of reward, we can, we can build, you know, a theology around this, however, that can, that can start to get off track. I feel like, again, the idea of reward, transactional love, consequences, all that's really healthy. It is really, really healthy. And it comes back to just the basic, basic standard Christian theology, because God loves you just the way you are. Many have heard me say this many times. Loves you just the way you are and loves you so much he doesn't want you to stay that way. I think that's, that's really significant. But we can also pull this idea that God is into the reward game and that's the only game God is into. And that, my friends, becomes dangerous. Now, one of the things as a, as a church we're super careful about is we don't disparage other denominations, other faiths ever, because from a new church perspective, all faiths are holy. All faiths are paths to the divine. But one particular dogma out there, I, I do want to caution people about, and I've said this before, but it feels like with living gratefully, it's a good time to bring it up again, is, is the idea of the prosperity gospel. You know, the idea... That, that God wants you to feel this huge, overwhelming abundance of things and that he will reward you for doing things well. And if you do things well, you will have honor, reputation, and gain. That's sort of his love language is that he'll give you all those things. That is not necessarily true. Not necessarily true. And it doesn't work the other way either. It's, it's not that God punishes people who don't have all of those things. It's just trying to say it's, it's, not, it's not God's game. And we have to be so careful with the prosperity gospel. So very, very careful with it. Now, there's somebody who did, a, did an interview on Fresh Air. 
by the name of Kate Ballard. She's a professor down at Duke University. You may have heard me mention her name before. Amazing, amazing woman with incredible insights, a young mom. And, and she, she was doing research on the prosperity gospel, on the idea that life is filled with rewards. If we just do things right, we get rewarded monetarily. If we're doing, we do things right spiritually, there's a monetary reward or a health reward for it. And if we don't do things right, that means there's a monetary penalty or a, a spiritual penalty, a health penalty dinged to us as, as well. And so Kate Baller was looking at this idea of the prosperity gospel. She was doing research on it. And what happened is then she contracted cancer at that time or found out she had cancer, stage four, stage four colon cancer. And, and she wrote, she's written brilliantly on this, on this topic. And, and I want to share with you what she said were the downsides of the prosperity gospel. And I want you to see this as the downsides of the gospel of rewards. That God's just going to be rewarding us. That it's about rewards and not gifts. Now, let's take a look at what she said. Prosperity gospel. <laughs> the first thing she said is that the problem with it is that it does answer why me. So... If you're curious why, you know, for her, why did I get cancer? She's working with prosperity gospel churches. The answer is obvious. You're not praying well enough or you're not, you're not living a good enough life. Or you're not doing this that's good enough. or You're not doing that that's good enough. I think you can see where that's problematic. I think you can see where that's problematic. I'm going to say this a number of times in a number of ways. We think how much, for those of us who have kids, nephews, nieces, friends that we love more than anything in the world, our love, I think, is, is but a, a thimble of ocean water compared to the ocean that is God's love. So the idea that God's into those kind of transactions, when we would never do that, we would never do that, I think speaks to that there's a much bigger love here and we have to be careful with the idea of the prosperity gospel. The second one was another beautiful insight she had. One of the saddest things about being sick is watching, watching people's attempt to make sense of your problem. So one of the things is, is she was just searching for compassion. And instead, people were doing it, use a 12-step phrase, or were doing a spiritual inventory on her all the time trying to figure out where exactly she wasn't lining up her spiritual life right that was creating this cancer. That's not, those are not words of comfort for most people. Those are not the kind of words that are words of comfort for most people. Important to remember that. And she said, finally, we'll leave our lives a series of jarring disappointments. Because we can do everything perfectly. And friends, life will have its challenges. We can do everything perfectly, by the book, perfectly. And life will have its challenges. And if we see God as kind of being this reward-oriented God or lack of reward-oriented God, it'll just leave these jarring disappointments in life. Jarring. Because how can God be good if, if that's the way it works? It's a good question for us to wrestle with. And again, think back to that parent example. Would you ever choose to give 
a loved one an illness so that they would learn a lesson? Would you ever choose that as a parent? Would you ever choose that? I wouldn't. And I, I don't know any parent, frankly, who would. So that's not God's game. Not into this reward thing. Or maybe I should say he's into a different kind of reward. And that's where we shift into this idea of gift. This idea of gift. And how the gifts look different. Now I want to read for you here where he talks about gifts, and then we're going to put a quote up there on the slide. This is from Matthew 7. Ask and I ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if their child asks for bread, will give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, will give them a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? What a beautiful line that is. And it's, it's this idea, I think, of awareness. If you know then you are evil, in other words, we're all imperfect. I think you use the word imperfect today. You know how to give good gifts to your children, which we do. We know how to help out those we love. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, and again, like, like this idea of the, of the thimble and, and the water and God's love, like we can't fit the whole ocean, which is God's love. We can't fit it all into a thimble. But we can dip that thimble into that love and just draw a little bit of it out and, and allow that to just give us that sense of giftedness around life. That deep, incredible giftedness. Now, let's, I want to look at this gifted part a little bit. Then we're going to close this first half, and then we're going to look at it in the second half about let's really dive in deep about how do we do this. One of the things I've been thinking about is that if we really have this idea of gifts, this idea of good gifts, that God wills to give us all good gifts and is actually giving us good gifts as we speak, And our job is to replicate that as much as possible, to be gift givers versus those waiting for the rewards. If we can sit there in that gift giving place, that's so much the key to living gratefully. And it's it's such, it's, you know, as I was getting ready this morning, it's like, ah, I don't know whether I'll be able to get the words to this because it's so subtle, the, the idea between being a gift giver or a reward receiver. Because it's, it's, it's subtle. And I certainly don't want to create it as a binary. But I think gifts come to this, folks. And I take a note on your phone about this because I think it's important and something worth thinking about. I think gifts are based more on trust than on our efforts. What do I mean by that? Well, I think if, if I have this idea of gifts... It means I can trust that God is here too. This may be hard for many of us to accept. God loved 2019 as much as he loved 2020, as much as he loves 2021. Love is constant. That trust, that trust right there, 
And that trust, it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, of course, it's this, this trust that God is here too. And as well, it's this trust that each one of you watching here today has gifts to give. And those are good gifts. And maybe we can clear a little space just to trust enough that God's going to tap us on the shoulder when it's time for us to offer those gifts. And we've got to pay attention. We've got to pay attention to that and trust that. Is that effort of sort? Well, yeah, but it's a different kind of effort because it's, it's an effort grounded in trust of God. Not an effort based on sort of chasing after the wind to find some reward out there that will tell me I'm on the right path. It's that deep trust. Gifts are always present in light and dark. And I want to look at that with a little more depth to it in the second half of the service. An online parishioner sent me a note about, like, you know, port in a storm. And I think that's really what a, what a church can be. It can be a port in the storm. Just a little place to get rest, be that 10 minutes of calm on a weekday or, or an hour on a, on a Sunday or any time during the week, because most people tune in later in the week. Uh, you know, just just... It's just a great place to sit with gratitude. You know, and, and that idea of trust versus effort, so important. Like, just trust the gifts are here. Trust the gifts are here. Now, I want to share with you some more words from Kate Ballard, and then I want to talk a little bit about gifts. So some of the other things she said, these were the gifts she found. Cancer is ushered in new ways of being alive. I love that phrase, new ways of being alive. That's fascinating. Even when I'm this distant from Canadian family and friends, everything feels as if it is painted in bright colors. That's fascinating, too. I love that idea, like painted in bright colors. In my vulnerability, I am seeing my world without the Instagram filter. It's this beautiful thing, back to Grace's first song, without the Instagram filter of breezy certainties and perfectible moments. I can't help but notice the brittleness of the walls that keep most people fed, sheltered, and whole. I find myself turning to the same thoughts again and again. Life is so hard. Life is so, life is so beautiful. Life is so hard. Our idea of blessed, broken, and shared that we speak to here a lot. So I want to move over here to, to stage left and, and talk about like this idea of gifts and, and how this might work and what we might think about here. Because I, I think there's some significant points that we, that we want to look at here. So, gifts, right? We, the idea that God is here and God's interest is in giving good gifts, not tests. Interested in giving good gifts, not tests. Most of the gifts we already, actually already have, we may not be aware of them. I think awareness is such a big part. So, so this idea of gifts, I think real important when we look at the challenges of life and look at the challenges of this year, 2020, it's, it's not that, that, that God, you know, sort of inflicts cancer on people and then says, you have to sit in this cancer and this cancer is the good gift. Would not say this cancer is the good gift or this disability is the good gift or, or this thing is the good gift. I think, I think God holds the whole thing. I think, I think, 
that, that God's heart is always the first to break when life's challenges inevitably come up. I think God understands the imperfections of life, the imperfections of being human, the imperfections of our planet. And I think what God does is this. We sit in that place, whatever that place might be, whatever what place where you're sitting right now, and he very gently, very gently, says, brothers and sisters, there are gifts here too. And some of those gifts are hard, and some of them we need to wrestle with, and some of them we may not see for years or decades. But God's will will not be stopped. And God's will is love. And the will of love is always to give good gifts. Our job is to have the eyes to see them, the ears to hear them, and as Isaiah says, the heart to understand them. We certainly don't ever want to tell someone, like, that is great news, you got cancer. Like, that would be crazy to say. And what we can do is we can listen with those we love as they tell you maybe what the gifts are that they found there. Just as Grace shares with us now on video, some of the things she discovered when I asked her the question, if she had to do it all over again, what would she do? Take a look at Grace's response. Would you, would you, looking back on your life now, your trajectory, would you, if you could, have chosen not to have cancer? No. No, I I, I wouldn't have, I would I want, I would want everything to be the same. Yeah. Um, and, and that does sound crazy, but it just, I don't know. I, I think that um, when you're in the moment, you don't necessarily know why things happen. And, and again, for me, it went back to a lot of feeling like, what did I do to deserve this? What, you know, what did I do wrong? That something sort of that, like a negative reward, like, wait, hold on. I thought I was a good person. I thought I, you know, ate well and exercised and slept. And then my body hates me, you know, like sort of this, like, what did I do? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think it just teaches you so much. And even though, you know, it was obviously very scary and probably the, the people in my life wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted it to happen again. Um, and it's not that I would want to have cancer, but when you're out of it, it does make you realize, um, a lot of things that you didn't know before. And I don't know, I wouldn't be the same person if, if it didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I I think, I think it's just part of who I am now. And it's, it is, I am grateful in a way because, um, I think sometimes when these things happen later in life, it can cause you to feel a lot of regret versus for me, it's sort of like a, a motivator and an inspiration to go, Oh shoot. Like don't take anything for granted because yeah. you already know what it's like to feel like you might lose it. It's a beautiful set of thoughts there. 
And, and you know, I, I love what Grace says there about, about a gift she received. Like, like she was able to, to take this cancer, and again, not saying it's a good thing, saying she found a gift there, and it was something that, that helped her to see the preciousness in life. We saw that in Kate Baller's words. Helped her as well to, to, as, as a motivator, which was kind of interesting, right? And I want to just offer a little thought here on this. So one of the big shifts in life, Super important, take a note, <laughs> is this shift from willfulness to willingness. The idea of control to surrender would be another way to say it. From willfulness to willingness. Willfulness, in other words, I can make all this happen. And, to, uh, and that shifts eventually to a willingness of like, God, you got it. I, I, you got it. You have to have it. You have to take this because I can't. Surrender. Now, how do those two necessarily go together? What's, what can be the gift? Well, again, with God, nothing is ever lost. God's economy, nothing is thrown out. It's all used somehow. And I imagine maybe this. We have that stage in our life where, you know, we really feel that we can overcome, that we can do all this, that we can do all this, we can do all this. And then something happens, a stumbling stone. Realize we can't. But what we learned in that first half is that idea of agency, that we have agency, that we can actually, agency means the ability to do something. And God, when we hit these stumbling stones, when we hit these challenges, a gift that can happen, a gift that can happen, not all the time, but can is that agency, that, that idea that we can do something, shifts and softens. Because now it's held. Instead of being held in willfulness, it's held with surrender and willfulness. This willingness part, this willingness part, this surrender part, this openness part, can, can hold that agency far differently. It's why I think people have this, you know, when you look at the great leaders of world history, they had this strange admixture of being completely surrendered to life and completely empowered by life at the same time. Jesus being the ultimate example of that. I think that's, that's so much of, of what these gifts, and, and it gets back to a little bit what, what, what Grace was saying there. Because if, if I just hold it all as reward, right? And I, I have that willfulness part and that agency, that agency is moving forward. It's just looking for a reward. Not to reward others. It's just looking for its own reward. That's a doom loop. A closed loop. That eventually, of God's mercy, breaks. So I want to hear from you folks now. And what I want to hear from you folks is, what good gift do you want? You know, this question, what is the good gift you most want to ask for? Not the good reward. <laughs> All right? And it's subtle. Like, I don't know if you can, I'd have a hard time, like, differentiating that. You All right, folks, as, as these answers come in, I'm going to be reading them here, uh, you know, in, in a minute here. I think what we want to be aware of with gifts as we wrap this service to a close is really understanding like narrow gifts, broad gifts. 
I feel like a narrow gift is where we really get clear, like God is giving gifts all the time. And, and we, can, we can hold that, and that's real important. And just as best you can, just hold off to the side the idea he's giving gifts as a reward. <laughs> no, he's just giving gifts. An ocean of love, of which we get to experience on our best days, a thimble of it. And then we can understand as well a much broader view of gifts. The much broader view of gifts is that that these, these gifts are coming into our lives like right now. Like no matter where you are, what you're sitting with today, there's gifts there. I was having a conversation with Marcus right before the service today. And today's, you know, it's, it's going to have a mix today. I'm going from here to a funeral for a wonderful young man and then closing the evening with a wedding for Denise and Bill. Mark's question is like, well, how do you hold all that? You know, what do you do? And, and I, I told him, like, what I remember, what I think I've learned, maybe this is the very, like, rhythm of it, is that it's all precious. And just listen to that music there in the background. That somehow it's all precious. It is, the sermon title is, but it's all gift. We have to live in that place. Because I think when we live in that place, we find the generosity to be that place for others. We live in that place. We find the generosity to be that place for others. And those gifts that we can bring that help others, I mean, just I'm not going to be able to answer all of them, but just listen to these, these gifts you folks talked about. These good gifts, fearlessness, Kindness, love, being able to give it and receive it, trust and patience, peace of mind with the feeling I am where I'm supposed to be, to do God's will, not mine, perseverance and courage, the opportunity to spend more time with my boys. There's many other ones coming in coming in as well. Let's just be that gift. Let's remember that it's all gift. And where do we get as we get to the end of it? I love this this beautiful line. Progress and joy in faith. You know, that's Paul talking about like how we get to the end and we we just get progress and joy in faith. And what that means is that this trust, we have this sense from this trust, which is the word you could use for faith, and, and that it gives us this, this sense that our lives are moving. And in that movement, we can always choose joy. So friends, may you have a week of living gratefully. May you have a week of not just experiencing the gifts, but understanding all is gift. And understanding and living gratefully that maybe the greatest way to live gratefully this week 
is to be the gift. That simple, that humble, and my friends, that generous. Amen. Now I'm going to offer a prayer. It'll be followed by the Our Father prayer. It'll be followed by a last little blessing, and then we'll have our last song. So please join me. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for what we've been able to share on gifts today. Help us, Lord, to be able to look at that idea of gifts and gift giving and how that looks in our lives and how all is gift. All is gift. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for Grace's song and her kind words. Thank you for everyone gathered here today. For whatever time they're watching this service, Lord. Let them know we're holding them tenderly in our hearts as we move forward. The prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 